0: Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be reading Chapter 2 of the Teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives. The chapter is entitled Revelation. Joseph Smith It is not wisdom that we should have all knowledge at once presented before us, but that we should have a little at a time then we can comprehend it. History of the Church Volume 5 Page 387 Joseph Smith For I deign to reveal unto my church things which have been kept hid from before the foundation of the world things that pertain to the dispensation of the fullness of times Actually, that's not Joseph Smith That's um, that's Jesus Christ. And he said that in Doctrine and Covenant, section 124 verses, uh, verse 41. But the only problem with that is those were the things that would have happened if they would have finished the Nauvoo temple and they didn't finish it. And the reason I say that is because, Jesus told him to build a temple where the Father himself could come dwell therein, see verses 27 and 28, where he could restore that which was lost unto you or that which was taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. This is Jesus Christ talking to Joseph Smith about building a temple where the Father or the Most High could come to restore the fullness of the priesthood. Jesus said that if they did not do as he had instructed them, he would reject the church with their dead. And he said all of these things would happen if they were obedient, that he would fight their battles for them. They should not be removed from their place. Uh, Jesus would restore the times and seasons or the Moedim of Yehovah, which are the holy days of Yehovah, and that he would reveal things which have been kept hidden from before the foundation of the earth. But the only problem with that is Jesus also said if they were not obedient, that they would be cursed and rejected and wrath and indignation would come down upon them. And... If you look at the fact that Joseph Smith and Hiram were murdered in June of uh, 1844, they were just starting work on the second story of the temple, so it wasn't finished by that time. So the father never came down to restore the fullness of the priesthood before Joseph Smith died. However, Brigham Young claimed that he had had the fullness of the priesthood restored to him by Joseph Smith in the red brick store before the temple was finished, before the Father came to restore the fullness of the priesthood, which section 124 says must happen. The fact of the matter is, the Heavenly Father never came to that temple Jesus Christ never came to that temple. No angel ever came to that temple. The glory of God, which rested upon the tabernacle in the wilderness, the temple of Solomon, the Kirtland temple, they call it the Shekinah glory of God. It it rested upon the Kirtland temple, which, mean, which meant that it was accepted. But the Nauvoo Temple, which was the second temple in our dispensation, that never happened. And it has not happened to a temple since. And I've heard some people say, oh, it happened to a fundamentalist temple. We saw it because there were lights under the temple before electricity was run to that Specific fundamentalist temple, which is not part of the the LDS church. Well, somebody could have had a lantern on in in there. It didn't, the light of God, the Shekinah glory of God, did not rest upon that temple either. So Jesus said, um, All they who hinder this work will be cursed to the third and fourth generation. Well, that's long after Brigham Young. So I personally do not accept Brigham Young as the Lord's anointed, although he could have been a servant to lead a cursed and rejected church. And um, God has told me personally not to judge Brigham Young, uh, even though it's so easy to. He didn't tell me that part, but I just think it's easy to judge Brigham Young According to my logic, but God told me not to. So, um, One other thing about the curse to the third and fourth generation. For all they who hinder this work. um, They were cutting the wood that was consecrated and dedicated for the building up of the Nauvoo Temple up in Wisconsin. And that wood would come down the Mississippi River and they would grab it in Nauvoo. And, uh, it, you know, it'd be taken out in Nauvoo, and then they would use it for building the Masonic Temple. They would use it for building stores and homes. They used it for building the second wing of Brigham Young's mansion, which is weird because. It is not given for one man to own that which is above another. Wherefore, the whole world lieth in sin. That's Jesus Christ. And if you'll be be a Zion people, you must be equal in all things. And here he is in the midst of extreme poverty. Like, for all of these people who are coming in from all over the world, mostly Europe, mostly England, like, they're living in sod huts in extreme poverty and here he is building the second wing of his mansion not to mention building up the masonic temple before the, the temple of the father would be completed you know so they were hindering the work by not finishing the temple in a timely manner And people can make up all the excuses they want. The fact of the matter is... The Shekinah glory of God never fell upon that temple. The Father never came to that temple... And no angel, Jesus, nobody... No heavenly messenger came to that temple. As Jesus said must happen. Brigham Young claimed to have the fullness of the priesthood in the red brick store... Before the temple was finished... He said that Joseph Smith gave him the fullness of the priesthood, which is weird because Joseph Smith had not yet received the fullness of the priesthood. Like, there's different orders of the Melchizedek priesthood. The first order of the Melchizedek priesthood is that you have a man who has been given the fullness of the... Not the fullness, but the Melchizedek priesthood. For instance, Peter, James, and John, they give it to Joseph Smith and Oliver Caldery. Oliver Caldery... And Joseph Smith, give it to others. That's the first order of the Melchizedek Priesthood. You have to have that priesthood, both matriarchal and patriarchal Melchizedek Priesthood, to come into the presence of the Father, which is what Jesus said was going to happen in Nauvoo if they were obedient. Build a temple whereby the Father, or the Most High, same difference can restore that which was lost unto you or that which was taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood, lost unto the world. had not yet been restored. Joseph Smith never had the fullness of the priesthood. In order for Joseph Smith to have the fullness of the priesthood, he had to receive it directly under the hands of the Father. And Joseph Smith taught that the fullness of the priesthood had been given to ancient prophets in the Old Testament by the laying on of the hands of God. This happened on uh, mountaintops. It happened to me when I was taken up uh, to a mountain called Mount Vashel. And I, I stood in the presence of the Father in his own temple. And he laid his hands on my head and he gave me the fullness of the priesthood. And I saw Jesus Christ there as well. But it's not for Jesus Christ to give that fullness. It's for the Father. That's why Jesus says, Build a temple whereby the Father can come dwell and that he might restore that which was lost unto you or that which was taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. And if that would have happened, he would have... Began to reveal many things according to DNC section 124, things which have been kept hidden from the foundation of the earth, and there would be many revelations regarding Zion's redemption at that point too, on the things that needed to happen for Zion to be redeemed. But that didn't happen either, because the church was cursed and rejected, and all they who hinder this work will be cursed to the third and fourth generation. Forty years in the wilderness with Moses leading the children of Israel was one generation. The fourth generation spoken of in DNC section 124 was 160 years. Lyman White recorded in his journal that Joseph Smith said in 1843 that the church had been cursed and rejected. 160. Years after that, the end of the fourth generation was 2003. And that's when I received the fullness of the priesthood under the hand of the Father. And became the Lord's anointed. You've been sold a bag of goods. The Holy Spirit will testify to the truth. No matter who speaks it. But just because your leaders teach you things and you feel the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that they are the words anointed. They don't even know what the word oracle means. They think they're the oracles. The oracles of God are the words of God as spoken by the prophets, not the prophets themselves. Anyway, continuing on. This is a separate quote, and it might be by Joseph Smith, yep, that's History of the Church. Here we go. There are many things which belong to the powers of the priesthood and the keys thereof that have been kept hid from before the foundation of the world. They are hid from the wise and prudent to be revealed in the last times. And that's Joseph Smith, History of the Church, Volume 4, page 209 and 210. Uh, This one is in History of the Church as well. God hath not revealed anything to Joseph, calling himself by name, but what he will make known unto the twelve, and even the least saints may know all things as fast as he is able to bear them. History of the Church, Volume 3, page 380. Hold on here. Okay, another quote here. So basically this book is just full of quotes and he kind of like tries to put them all in a group like who says what. So if it's a bunch of things by Joseph Smith, um, even if it's Doctrine and Covenants, he'll write Joseph Smith. If it's a bunch of stuff by King David, he'll write King David and then all the quotes at King David-gate. If it's something by Parley P. Pratt or Russell M. Nelson or David O. McKay, or um, Dallin Oaks, whatever. He puts all of the quotes for the particular person quoting them in the same grouping. So we're still in Joseph Smith. Quote, That which is of God is light, and even that, and he that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light, and that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. And again, verily I say unto you, and I say it, that you may know the truth, that you may, ch- that you may chase darkness from among, from among you. And that is not Joseph Smith, that is jo- Jesus Christ, but Joseph Smith is the one that penned it. Doctrine and Covenant section 50, verses 24 and 25. I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is a little bit different today. I do have a cold, which really sucks, because I have to go back to work tomorrow. I have a, I have had a cold ever since. I've been off of work, and I probably had a cold while I was at work um, last time, but I was working in sub-degree weather, and I figured that the runny nose and all of that was just attributed to the cold, but now... I haven't done a lot of work. Well, I did work outside a lot yesterday, but the two days I had off before yesterday, like, I was sick. And then yesterday we found um, one of our goats had kitted, and it was too cold for the baby, and the baby died. So we spent yesterday fixing up um, an old chicken coop made out of cinder blocks and that's where we're going to have that's where we have the goats it's all fenced off and everything but one of the male goats that we had separated from the females rammed the door which was made of two by fours and plywood and we had to uh, use another door that we had from when we replaced the doors on our house that, so I used a solid door, and we built another door, and then we fixed up the electrical so that we could put um, heat lamps in in the the place where the uh, the goats are going to give birth to their babies. And since it is sub-zero temperatures, even over here in Castle Country, where I live... Um, We have to have uh, water that has a heater element in it to keep it from freezing. So we'd spent from like 10.30ish yesterday all the way until like 5 p.m., 6 p.m., something like that, doing that work. Anyway, I don't know why I got off track with this, but let me just get back into this. There are many among us who have many revelations, for they are not for they are not all stiff-necked. And as many as are not stiff-necked and have faith have communion with the Holy Spirit, which maketh manifest unto the children of men according to their faith. Jerem in the Book of Mormon, chapter one, verse four. So basically, like a lot of people are like, I'm no prophet, I'm no prophet. And then, like, I'll hear them talk about some revelation they've received, and then they go back to saying they're no prophet. And it's because the LDS church has, like, taken that name to mean the leader of the church. But in the book of, I think it's Deuteronomy. Um, there was two prophets prophesying in the, in the camp of Israel, and some people were like, Moses, these guys are prophesying in the camp, forbid them. And Moses is all like, God would that all his children were prophets. And this the scripture that we just quoted is the same type of thing, like, God is ready to give revelation to all of his children. He is no respecter of persons. Certain individuals might have certain keys that they have to do certain work, like sealing. Like nobody has the ability to seal men and women on the earth, but the Lord's anointed. Not even people who are sealers. According to the revelation joseph smith said if they contradict the bible the book of Mormon, or the doctrine and covenants you set them down as imposters well only the lord's anointed has the ability to seal men and women but also the lord's anointed has the ability to seal men to men meaning men to himself because part of being the lord's anointed is that you're sealed in a line back to father adam It's called the Law of Adoption, and it was because of disobedience. It was forgotten about in the church in the 1890s. They didn't know what to do with this thing. (sighs) Excuse me. I wish I wasn't sick. Mm -hmm. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Nevertheless, the day shall come when you shall comprehend even God being quicken, quickened in him and by him doctrine and covenants section 88 verse 49 let me see here draw me me and I will draw me you. nope me and you me. Oh. sorry about that I was just trying to figure out how far I was into this and wow this is going to be the never-ending story. Ask, and you shall oh, that's oh, not right. So I'm so sorry. Hold true. on here. Okay, I fixed it. Sorry about that. The light shineth in darkness, and the darketh, darkness comprehendeth it not. Nevertheless, the day shall come when you shall comprehend even God, being quickened in him and by him. Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verse 49 draw near unto me and i will draw near unto you seek me diligently and ye shall find me ask and ye shall receive knock and it shall be open unto you whatsoever ye ask the father in my name it shall be given unto you that is expedient for you so if you need to know it then he will reveal it to you there's lots of things that you don't need to know that he's not going to reveal like who is Bigfoot? <laughs> there's a lot of speculation in the the uh, the Brighamite Church in Salt Lake City, the LDS Church, um, because David W. Patent, I think, said something about about a being, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's Bigfoot." Like, you don't need to know certain things. You'll know them in time, but like, there's. A whole bunch of things to worry about that you don't need to know. Like I try not to delve into too much of the the things that aren't necessary, because basically what we're looking at here is we're trying to learn all that is necessary for the Z- so the Zion can be redeemed. And. There's a lot of things about the fallen angels and the book of Enoch and and all these things that aren't necessary for us to know, so I don't worry about them. Now, some other people, they like to speculate in these things, but I ask for those of you who speculate, do you have the basics down yet? Like, you want to learn about postgraduate-level Restoration theology. Are you still struggling with the ABC portion? Shouldn't you worry about that before you worry about the higher things? I mean, that's just some thought that I have. Oh man, this cold is going to kick my butt. I've paused it again. I've paused it a lot since I started this recording. I don't know if you can tell. But, um,. I've been coughing so much that my, around my lower rib cage, it hurts to cough because it's just worn out from coughing. And, um, oh man, it's just, uh, it's kind of painful to cough. Anyway, like we're only 7% into this and I've been reading for probably about 40 minutes even though we're only at 24 minutes into the podcast, but I've had to pause it as much as I've had to pause it. Oh, man. All right, let's see here. Okay. If you do write, there is no danger of going too fast. He said he did not care how fast we run in the path of virtue resist evil and there is no danger and that comes from Joseph Smith the words of the prophet uh, the words of Joseph Smith page 117 Joseph Smith also said I want to see truth in all its bearing and hug it to my bosom I believe that God that all that God revealed I believe all that God ever revealed And I never hear a man being damned for believing too much, but they are damned for unbelief. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 373. And, like, people shouldn't be excommunicated because they believe more than other people. Like, for instance, the Adam-God Doctrine. They believe too much, you know, and, like, most of the church will say, oh, well that's just a theory that Brigham Young had well it's kind of weird because Brigham Young was prophet of the church from 1846 until his death in 1877 longer than anyone else and he clearly taught the Adam God doctrine clearly and other people clearly taught the Adam God doctrine but the church will say that the president of the church can't lead you astray But then they say Brigham Young led the church astray in false doctrine. And then they say, oh, that was just a theory. It wasn't a theory. It wasn't uh, speculative. It wasn't maybe this or that. He said Joseph Smith taught it to him. Now, either he was lying about that or he was lying in general. And then your foundation is crumbled. Because a prophet of the church led the church astray. Or he was teaching the truth and the guys today who are leading the church in these modern times, they're telling you a pack of lies. And There was a time when if you didn't believe in the Adam God doctrine, they would kick you out of the church for apostasy and unbelief. But now if you do believe the Adam God doctrine, they'll kick you out of the church for apostasy. Because you believe too damn much in what you've been told. And what you learn from Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball and John Taylor and other leaders in the church, they'll kick you out because you're an apostate. Now, Joseph Smith said that in, in section 85, he wrote down a revelation where Jesus Christ said, that he would have to send one mighty and strong to set the house of God in order implying it would be get, it would become out of order which it has if you stick to the correlated doctrines of the church you'll never see it because they're spoon-feeding you what you need to know so that you don't apostatize and they will make all kinds of excuses about how the journal of discourses can't be trusted you can't trust um, anything from the early history of the church. Don't read the Wilfred Woodruff journals. You know, whatever it is that they they can put a clamp down on, they don't want you to read it. Now, they will go through the correlation committee and they will slip in different things that are okay, that won't shake your faith in the corporation, and they'll put it into the manuals but it's sifted. It's whitewashed. They'll use ellipses so that you don't know what was really said. Like, for instance, when Jesus Christ appeared to Lorenzo Snow in the Salt Lake Temple, he said, um, reorganize things, whatever, but they won't tell you what the rest of Jesus Christ said to Lorenzo Snow he said that you've rejected my the principles of my gospel and I reject you as a church which he already said in DNC section 124. but you know Lorenzo, the church in its apostate form still has some leadership and inspiration. It doesn't mean that they have all the truth, and it doesn't mean they're a true and living church. But Wilfred Woodruff did many things, not just polygamy, to, to do away with polygamy, but he did away with the kingdom of God, the Council of Fifty, United Orders, he did away with the law of adoption, rebaptisms. he did away with a ton of different things. And... And when he died, he actually was poisoned to death. And I can get into that later if people want to know about it. But he was a keynote speaker at the Bohemian Club. And the next morning he he died. Because he was poisoned to death. Lorenzo Snow was next in line to be the president of the church. And he would go into the holy of holies, and like Jesus wasn't coming. And this is the part that people will will hear. Like he ha- he was very concerned about reorganizing everything, you know. And he would go into the holy of holies, and then he would like repent and try to like become more pure, so that he could have a visitation from Jesus Christ. And eventually, um. After many times, he, he left the Holy of Holies and he was walking back to where the office is, where, where James Talmadge of it, uh, wrote Jesus the Christ. It's like right south of the, it used to be anyway, south of the Celestial Room, just to the s- southeast of the Holy of Holies. He was walking in the hallway back there and Jesus Christ appeared to him. And Jesus told them to reorganize everything the way that he was going to. But the part they don't want you to know is that Jesus said that, that you guys have rejected the fullness of the gospel. They don't want you to know about that part. They'll want you to know about the faith-promoting part, but not the full thing, because they whitewash things. Anyway, continuing on. But without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a revealer to those who diligently seek him. And that's Joseph Smith. And the words of the prophet Joseph Smith are the words of Joseph Smith, page 40 and 41. Therefore, he he that lacketh wisdom, let him ask of me, and I will give him liberally and upbraid him not. That's D&C section 42, verse 68. But it's also in King James chapter, the book of James chapter 1, verse 5. 5 6 whatever in that area the things of god are of deep import and time and experience and careful and ponderous and solemn thoughts can only find them out thy mind o oh man if thou wilt lead a soul unto salvation must stretch as high as the utmost heavens and st- and search into cont- and contemplate the darkest abyss In the broad expanse of eternity, thou must commune with God. History of the Church, Volume 3, page 295. That was Joseph Smith as well. Wherefore murmur ye, because that ye shall receive more of my word, and because that I have spoken one word, ye need not suppose that I cannot speak another, for my work is not yet finished, neither shall it be until the end of man, Neither from that time henceforth and forever. Second Nephi chapter 29, verses 8 and 9. So, like, if God stops speaking to His church, something's wrong, because He says He's not going to stop speaking to His church until until the end of man. But it's been over 120 years since we've had a Thus saith the Lord revelation. Anyway, that's found in 2nd Nephi chapter 29 verses 8 and 9. If we have direct revelations given us from heaven, surely those revelations were never given to be trifled with without the triflers incurring displeasure and vengeance upon his own head. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith page 53. Verily, brethren, there are things in the bosom of the Father that have been hid from the foundation of the world that are not known, neither can be except by direct revelation. The apostle says unto them who have obtained like precious faith with us the apostles through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ through Through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, add faith, virtue, etc., etc., to godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. Ye shall never be barren or unfruitful in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. He that lacketh these things is blind. Wherefore, the wherefore the rather. Brethren, after all this, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Knowledge is necessary to life and godliness. Woe unto you, priests and divines, who preach that knowledge is not necessary unto life and salvation. Take away apostles, take away knowledge, and you will find yourselves worthy of of the damnation of hell. Knowledge is revelation. Hear all ye brethren, this grand key. Knowledge is the power unto God, the power of God unto salvation. And that comes from the words of Joseph Smith, page 206 and 207. Joseph Smith also said, it is the privilege of the children of God the children of God to come to God and get revelation. When any person receives a vision of heaven, he sees things that he never thought of before. Any person that believes the works I do, shall he do also in greater works. The Father could not be glorified in the Son on any other principle then we are coming to God, asking, receiving, heaven's open visions, etc. They are done away because of unbelief. The words of Joseph Smith, pages 13 and 14. A person may profit by noticing the first intimations, the first intimation of the spirit of revelation. For instance, when you feel pure intelligence flowing into you, it may give you sudden strokes of ideas, so that by noticing it, you may find it fulfilled the, the same day or soon. Those things that were presented unto your minds by the Spirit of God will come to pass, and thus by learning the Spirit of God and understanding it, you may grow into the principle of, of revelation until you become perfect perfect in Christ Jesus Joseph Smith, History of the Church, Volume 3, page 381. It is a great thing to inquire at the hands of God or to come into his presence, and we feel f- fearful to approach him on subjects that are of little or no consequence to satisfy the quarries of individuals, especially about things the knowledge of which men ought to obtain, In all sincerity before God for themselves, in humility, by the power, by the prayer of faith, and more especially a teacher or high priest in the church. History of the Church, Volume 1, page 339. One great privilege of the priesthood is to obtain revelations of of the mind and the will of God. History of the Church, Volume 2, page 477. He will be inquired of by his children. He says, Ask, and ye shall receive, and ye shall find. Seek, and ye shall find. Who will listen to my voice, and to the voice of my servant, whom I have sent? For I delight in those who seek diligently to know my precepts, And abide my law, the law of my kingdom, for all things shall be made known unto them in mine own due time, and in the end, they shall have joy. History of the Church, Volume Five, Page One Hundred and Thirty Six. A man is saved no faster than he gets knowledge. History of the Church, Volume Four, Page Five Hundred and Eighty Eight. Search the Scriptures search the revelations which we publish and ask your heavenly father in the name of his son jesus christ to manifest the truth of it unto you and if if you will do it with an eye single to his glory nothing doubting he will answer you by the power of his holy spirit you will then know for yourselves and not for another You will not then be dependent on man for the knowledge of God, nor will there be any room for speculation. No, for when men receive their instruction from him that made them, they know how he will save them. History of the Church, Volume 1, page 282. When things that are of the greatest importance are passed over by weak-minded men without even a thought, then I want to see truth in all its bearings and hug it to my bosom. That's Joseph Smith, History of the Church, Volume 6, page 477. We believe that God has revealed All that he does now reveal, and we believe that he will yet reveal many great and important things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Ninth article of faith. And the articles of faith are statements put up by Joseph Smith as to what we believe as a people. For those of you that don't know. Many things are insoluble to the children of men in the last days, for instance, that God should raise the dead, and forgetting that things have been hid from before the foundation of the world, which are to be revealed to babes in the latter days. There are a great many wise men and women, too, in our midst, who are too wise to be taught. Therefore they must die in their ignorance." And in the resurrection, they will find out their mistake. Many sealed up the doors of heaven by saying, "So far, God may reveal, and I will believe it." And then I would say, "But no further." Anyway, that's history of the church, volume five, page 424. Now that I am after, now what I am after is the knowledge of God, and I take my own course to obtain it. And that's from Joseph Smith, words of. Pro- Words of Joseph Smith, page 329. No one can say truly, no one can truly say he knows God until he has handled something, and this can only be in the holiest of holies. Huh, that's interesting. The words of Joseph Smith, page 119, and 120. I've never read that one before, but I, that's interesting. But where was the holy of holies when? he read that or when he stated that because I don't think the Kirtland Temple had a holy of holies but they did see Jesus Christ right so he's not talking about Jesus Christ he's talking about God the Father but Joseph Smith saw God the Father in the grove but that was a vision so that's different there would have been a place in the Navu Temple for the Father to come, but it was never finished. There is a holy of holies. in fact, there are two, or at least there were before they demolished the inside of the temple. but there were two in the in the temple. there was one off the south end of the celestial room, and there was one in the east tower on the east side in the middle, that was the Holy of Holies for the Father, and there was one for the Son, which is just south of the Celestial Room in the Salt Lake City Temple. Now, there was one in Manti as well, because Manti was actually the first temple with the Holy of Holies built in this, this Salt Lake Valley area, the Salt Lake frontier, I guess. But when I saw the Father and the Son... Um, I was in the Holy of Holies in the temple at Mount Vashel, which is the temple of the Father. So anyway, continuing on, Brigham Young. So this is Brigham Young quotes now. Where is the divine who knows the least thing about that being who is the father of our spirits and the author of our bodies? I've had many revelations. I have seen and heard from myself. And know these things are true, and nobody on earth can disprove them. What I know concerning God, concerning the earth, concerning government, I have received from the heavens, not alone through my natural abilities and my gift God and the gift God. And I give God the glory and the praise. And that comes from Brigham Young Journal of Discourses, Volume 16, Page 46. Brigham Young also stated, the spirit of revelation can reveal these things to the people, but unless they live so as to have the revelations of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning they should live so that they can receive them themselves. Cause like even if the prophet of or the president of the church receives revelation, you still have to get revelation for yourself that your interpretation of what they are saying is correct because the the proper interpretation of scriptures comes from God and you can you can misunderstand even if it's explained to you if you got something stuck in your head it can it can skew the proper interpretation of the scripture so you have to get revelation for yourself So let me read this again. But unless they live so as to have the revelations of the Lord Jesus Christ, they will remain a mystery, for for there is a veil before their minds, before the minds of the people, and they cannot be understood. Meaning, if, if you don't get confirmation, you don't get inspiration, you don't get revelation to understand the true interpretation of Scripture. There's a veil before your mind, and you will not understand it correctly. Some of these principles have been taught to the Latter-day Saints, but who can understand them? And that was Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 13, page 264. Brigham Young also said, I will tell you this as my belief about that personage who is called the Ancient of Days, the Prince, and so on. But I do not tell it because that I wish to be established in the minds of others. Though to me, this is as clear as the sun. It is as plain as the as my alphabet. I understand it as I do the path to go home. I did not understand so until my mind became enlightened with the Spirit. And by the revelations of God, neither will you understand until you, our Father in Heaven reveals all these things to you. See, you have to get it for yourself. It, if you if you get it from somebody else and then you just trust them because they're some person that you believe in trusting, you're trusting in the arm of flesh. The prophet's job is to give you the oracles of God or are the words of God and you go to God to find out the correct interpretation of that. That's this way you don't trust in the flesh because there's there's a curse that comes along with trusting in the flesh. Continuing with this Brigham Young quote, to my mind and to my feelings, those matters are all plain and easy to be understood. And that was Brigham Young, April 25th, 1855, Church Archives. See also Dialogue, Volume 15, Number 1, page tw- uh, 22 and 23. Continuing on with Brigham Young, and we're at 35%, they must pass through the same ordeals as the gods, or the Elohim, that they may know good from evil, how to succor the tempted, try the weak, and and how to reach down the hand of mercy to save the failing sinner, the falling sinner, the Lord has revealed his gospel and instituted his its ordinances that the inhabitants of the earth may be put in possession of eternal life, but few of them, however, will accept it. I have preached it many thousands I have preached it to many thousands of them who are naturally just as honest as I am, but through traditions. There is an overwhelming prejudice in their minds, which debars them of the of the liberty I have in my heart. They would be glad to know the ways of God and to know who Jesus is, and to reap the reward of the faithful. But they had, but are if they had the stamina. I will call it the independence of mind necessary to embrace the truth, to say I know this is true, and if there is no other person on the face of this earth who will defend it, I will to the last. But this is not in their, heart, in their hearts. It is not in their organization, and consequently they do not manifest it. There is no mystery to me in in what God has revealed to me or in what I have learned, whether it is been through Joseph, an angel, the voice, the voice of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, or the Spirit of the Lord, no matter how I have learned a thing. If I understand it perfectly, it is no mystery to me. Some may say to me, why, Brother Brigham, you don't seem to know it all. I say, oh, no. I know but a very little, but I have an eternity of knowledge before me, and I never expect to see the time when I shall not cease to learn. Never, no, never. But I expect to keep on learning forever and ever, going from one exaltation to exaltation, going on from exaltation to exaltation. Glory to glory, power to power, ever pressing forward to greater and higher attainments as, as the gods do. This is an idea that drowns the entire Christian world in a moment. Let them try to entertain it. They are out of sight of land without a ship. And if they had a ship, it would neither have cell, rudder, nor compass. What, say they? God progress. Now, this is one of the things that um, I think Bruce R. McConkie said was one of the seven deadly heresies of Brigham Young. That God progresses and he's like, no, that doesn't happen. God doesn't progress. But Brigham Young said differently. So, of course, to Bruce R. McConkie, Brigham Young, this is one of his seven deadly heresies. But like, then again, I, I say, well, I thought that that the modern churches, that the or the modern church teaches that the president of the church and the apostles can't lead the church astray, which is weird. But anyway, what say they God progress now do not know, do not it the God that I serve and say that he cannot learn anymore. I do not believe in such a character. Why say they does not the Lord know it all? Well, if he does, he must know an immense amount. No matter about that, the mind of man does not reach that any more that than it comprehends the heavens beyond, beyond the bounds of time and space in which the Christians expect to sit and seeing themselves away to everlasting bliss. And there they can say they shall live forever and ever they shall live forever and forever. If we look forward, we can actually comprehend a little of the idea that we shall live forever and ever. But you take a re- rear sight and try to contemplate and meditate upon the fact that there never was a beginning and you are lost at once. The present and the future... We can comprehend some little about, but the past is all blank and it is right and reasonable, reasonable that it should be so. But if we are faithful in the things of God, they will, they will open up, open up, open up. Our minds will expand, reach forth and receive more and more and by and by we can begin to see that the gods have been forever and ever. And that comes from Brigham Young, Desert Weekly News, volume 22, page 308 and 309, June 18th, 1873. We're at 46% now, and this is another quote by Brigham Young. I know just as well... What to teach this people and just what to say to them and what to do in order to bring them into the celestial kingdom. As I know the road to my office, it is just as plain and easy. The Lord is in our midst. He teaches the people continually. I never, I have never yet received. I'm sorry. I have never yet preached a sermon and sent it out to the children of men that they may not call scripture let oh that's weird because journal of discourses volume 1 page 50 talks about the adam god doctrine and brigham young says that all of the sermons he's ever preached is scripture Hmm, interesting let me have the privilege of correcting a sermon and it is as good as scripture as they deserve the people have the oracles of god continually And the oracles are the words of God as given to the prophets for the prophets to speak to the people. But certain people think that the oracles are the prophets themselves. Anyway, that's Journal of Discourses, volume 13, page 95. Anyway, that was Journal of Discourses, 13, page 95. Brigham Young also said, When you see Zion redeemed and built up, When you see the people performing the ordinances of salvation for themselves and for others, and they will hereafter, you will see simply this, but I have not time this morning to tell you only a little part of it. About the time that the temples of the Lord will be built and Zion is established, pretty nigh this time you will see those who are faithful enough the first you know there will be strangers in your midst walking with you talking with you they will enter into your houses and eat and drink with you and go to meeting with you and begin to open your minds as the savior did the two disciples who walked out of the country in days of old he's talking about on the road to emmaus about the time the temples are ready to Already, The strangers will be along and will converse with you and will inquire of you. Probably if you understand the resurrection of the dead, you might say you have heard and read a a great deal about it, but you do not properly understand it. And they will then open your minds and tell you the principles of of the resurrection of the dead and how to save your friends. They will point out scriptures in the Old and New Testament and in the Book of Mormon and other revelations of God, saying, don't you recollect, reading so and so, that Savior should come come up on Mount Zion? And they will expound the scriptures to you. You have got your temples ready. Now go forth and baptize for those good people. There are your Father and mother your ancestors for many generations back the people that have lived upon the face of the earth since the priesthood was taken away thousands and millions of them who lived according to the best light and knowledge in their possession they will expound the scriptures to you and open your minds and teach you of the resurrection of the just and the unjust of the doctrine of salvation they will use the the keys of the holy priesthood and will unlock the door of knowledge to let you look into the palace of truth you will exclaim that is all plain why did not I understand it before and you will begin to feel in your your hearts burning within you as they walk and talk with you you will enter into the temple of the Lord And by and by, here come along brothers Joseph and Hiram, for instance, for they will be perfectly capable of coming and staying overnight with you, and you will not know who they are. Or suppose David Patton should come along and shake hands with some of the twelve and want to stay all night with them and expound the scriptures and reveal the hidden things of God. It will not be long before this will be so. And that was Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 294 to 296, and we're at 57%. Now I want to tell you that which perhaps many of you do not know. Should you receive a vision of revelation from the Almighty, one that the Lord gave you concerning yourselves, or this people, but which you are not to reveal on account of your not being the proper person, or because it ought not to be known by the people at present, you should shut it up and seal it as close and lock it as as tight as heaven is to you, and make it as secret as the grave. The Lord has no confidence in those who reveal secrets. For he cannot reveal safely reveal himself to such persons it is as much as he can do to get a particle of sense into some of the best and most influential men in the church in regard to real confidence in themselves they cannot keep things within their own bosom if a person understands god and godliness and the principles of heaven The principle of integrity and the Lord reveals anything to that individual no matter what, unless he gives permission to disclose it, it is locked up in eternal silence. And when persons have proven to their messengers that their bosom is is like the lockups of eternity, then the Lord says, I can reveal anything to them because they will never disclose it until I tell them to take persons of any other character and say sap and and they sap the foundation of the confidence they ought to have in themselves and in their God if we are his friends we will keep the secrets of the Almighty and lock them up when he reveals them to us so that no man on earth can have them and no being from heaven unless he brings the keys herewith to get them legally. No person can get the things of the Lord, no person can get the things the Lord has given to men unless by legal authority. Then I have a right to reveal them, but not without. When we can keep our secrets, then we can keep the secrets of the Almighty strictly, honestly, truly in our own bosoms. The Lord will have confidence in us. Will he before? No. Are we going to become secret keepers in any other way than by applying our lives to the religion we profess to believe? No. And that was Brigham Young teaching... I'm sorry, that was Brigham Young as stated in Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 288 and 289. And I just wanted to say that um, you can learn the mysteries through Satan as well, but they will be perverted. And for those individuals who profess to know a great deal of things, like... Unless God has told them to reveal it, they should keep their mouths shut. Which is what I used to do. So, from 1995, which is when I had my first experience with Jesus Christ and the Father and the Spirit, um, I did talk to some people about certain things, but I never went into really great detail That is until 2003. And then I did go into great detail with uh, certain friends and and family about my experiences, but I wasn't really public with it. Um, I do remember making videos on YouTube way like 12 years ago or something. uh, Short videos talking about some of the things that I, I wanted to talk about. Like as far as like, you know, God does still reveal himself. But I always talked about it in the third person. So, like Paul in the Scriptures, he says, "I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, God uh, God knoweth." Like, but he was talking about his own experiences. But he talked about it in the third person. I would do something similar to that. But in 2013, when God revealed to me who I was before I was called. To the office that I am called to now. Before I was um, in mortality, I was foreordained to certain things. And when God revealed that to me, um, it took me a minute because it was so grand to understand, you know, who I am really and why I'm in mortality now and all the things. But He told me to. Be bold with my witness and teach the people. And he gave me the ability to be open, to just speak freely. But I notice that there's a lot of individuals who run around and they will share the deep secrets. And they may know them by logic, they might know them by study, they might know them by revelation of God. But more often I think that they know them by Satan. Satan because remember in the endowment when satan talked to the people in the uh to Adam, Adam and Eve in the garden of eden he's like these things have been done on other worlds like he's just like talking about the secrets and like he's twisting them for his advantage and i believe that that there's many individuals who come as as wolves in sheep's clothing as false prophets who proclaim to be true prophets and they give people all this information, and people are like, wow, this is great. I, I really love it. But, like, they don't have the authority to give it. But God gives people free agency to do things like these things to deceive the people because we shouldn't be trusting in the arm of flesh. And when somebody like myself or other individuals come and teach these doctrines, we have to know whether it comes from God. And even if it does come from God, it doesn't mean that the individual who's teaching them is a servant of God. Stop assuming. Be very careful to test the spirits around these individuals, including myself, and the spirits of these revelations, because they might be corrupted or they might be completely true, but then other key points of doctrine they corrupt so they can lead you astray. Because God is sifting out his wheat. And those who will trust in the flesh are not his wheat. People should be believing as little, little children when the prophets come, but they should always turn to God. God, our Father, is our parent. And he has established a way for us to know truth by the confirmation of the Holy Spirit by speaking revelations to our minds and to our hearts. All right, Brigham Young also stated, if God God has given me light, if I possess the light of, of the spirit of revelation and bestow that knowledge upon my brethren, that same foundation increases in me Whereas if I were to shut it up to close up the vision and keep it from the people, it would be like a candle lighted and put under a bushel. Where, of course, the want of free air would extinguish it. Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 265 and 266. Brigham Young also stated, Here let me give you one lesson that may be profitable to many. If the Lord Almighty should reveal to a high priest or any other than the head things that are or have been or will be and show to him the destiny of this people 25 years from now or a new doctrine that will 5, 10 or 20 years hence become the doctrine of this church and kingdom but which has not yet been revealed to this people and reveal it to him by the same spirit the same messenger the same voice the same power that gave revelations to joseph when he was living it would be a blessing to that high priest or individual but he must rarely divulge it to a second person on the face of the earth until god reveals it through the proper source to become the property of the people at large and that was brigham young basically claiming his authority over the church to give Revelation, and I don't agree with him because I don't believe he was the Lord's anointed because of DNC section 124, Jesus rejected the church. Joseph Smith was the only one who was the Lord's anointed in that day and age. I don't accept Brigham Young as the Lord's anointed. I do believe he probably was led by God, but I don't know. I've actually never received any confirmation that that Brigham Young was a prophet, even though I believed it. But anyway, that was Brigham Young. And I do believe the principles he's saying, if you are given certain things by an angel, you don't divulge it unless God tells you to divulge it. And that could be individually, too. Like, as I've been talking to people throughout the years, the Spirit will tell me to reveal certain things to people, and I will talk, and the Spirit will lead. But to go out publicly and, and say it to the whole congregation of the earth is only for the job of the Lord's anointed. Of course, this might be hard, may be hard for people to believe, but in 2003, when I saw the Father and the Son face to face, the reason that that happened, it wasn't a vision. It was an actual physical experience where I embraced the Father and the Son because I was foreordained to be the witness of the Father and the Son to come forth in the very last days as the evening star. And I kept certain things to my heart and in my bosom unless the Spirit would reveal that I should share it. And I still do. I don't just go talk to everybody out there. But God told me to be open, to be bold with my witness, and to teach the people he's taught me. So I'm just open with it. I just put it out there. And like in my personal life, I might not talk about these things with individuals. But God leads people to this program and some people they hear it because they come here just curious but others are led and it's to those people they're the ones that i'm speaking to and if other individuals hear it then that's fine but god wants this information to get out to the elect of god who will be part of zion's redemption And he's not going to force anybody to gather. He's not going to force anybody to be part of that remnant that Isaiah saw. But those individuals who will hear the words that I am speaking and will gather and do the things which God has commanded them to do, those will be the remnant that God gives the fullness of the priesthood to. And to none else. Anyway, but that was uh, Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, page 318. And once again, I am pretty sick. So it, this is really difficult to do this podcast, but um, I'm going to push through it. We're at 68%. Continuing on with Brigham Young, I am more afraid that this people will have so much confidence in their leaders that they will not inquire for themselves of god whether they are led by him see even though the leaders speak a thing you still have to go to god yourself you cannot be slothful and just trust everything that you're told and Brigham young's saying that here that he thinks that the, there will be so much confidence in the leaders that people just hear the leaders and then they won't go to god for themselves to inquire of god whether they are led by him But continuing on with this quote, I am fearful that they will settle down in a state of blind self-security, trusting their eternal destiny in the hands of their leaders with a reckless confidence that in itself would thwart the purposes of God in their salvation and weaken that influence they could give to their leaders. Did they know for themselves by the revelations of Jesus that they are led in the right way? Let every man and woman know by the war whispering of the Spirit of God to themselves whether their leaders are walking in the, the path the Lord de- dictates or not. And that was Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 9, page 150. Now going on to a different uh, past leader of the church, Orson Pratt, Nephi says, I ponder upon the things of God continually, which he has revealed unto me, and there is no harm for us to do the same. We should not get into that old sectarian notion that we have no right to know anything about this, that that or the other, and that we must not pry into this, that or the other. This is an old sectarian notion which we have fought against all the day long, and we do not want it to creep into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is the privilege of its members to let their minds expand and to ponder upon the things of God and to inquire of Him, and by and by, when we have prepared ourselves by getting all the knowledge we possibly can from that which is written, God will give us more. How does he do that? He does it by revelation. Anyway, that was Orson Pratt. Journal of Discourses, volume 16, page 336. John Taylor stated, The scriptures tell us there are gods many and lords many, but unto us there is one, but one God, the Father. 1 Corinthians Chapter 8, verse 5. And for this reason, though there were others engaged in the creation of worlds, it is given to us in the, in the Bible that mm. in the shape that it is, for the fullness of these truths is only revealed to highly favored persons for certain reasons known to God. As we are told in the scriptures, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Psalms 25, verse 14, and that comes from John Taylor, The Mediation and the Atonement, page 93. Once again by John Taylor, the philosophers in the world understand something of the rules of natural philosophy, but those rules will never lead a man to the knowledge of God. See, you can't logic your way to God. Some people think, oh, I don't need revelation. I don't need confirmation of the Holy Spirit. I can just study it out. And if I understand the proper Hebrew context, I'll get everything right. And that's one of the, oh, that's one of the problems of people like Michael Rood or Nehemia Gordon or Jake Hilton, for instance. I like Jake but he thinks that there's no need for revelation that you can logic and he can well this says this and that means that and this Hebrew word means this and this Greek word means that and this is the context and this in this way I know all the things that I need to know and I don't need revelation like if you lack wisdom ask God and he will give it to you how does he give it to you? by revelation In the book of Revelations, it says the testimony of Jesus Christ comes by the spirit of prophecy. How does the testimony come? By revelation. Anyway, continuing on with this John Taylor quote If he ever obtains this knowledge, it must be by the principle of revelation. All the works of God, whether on the earth or in the heavens, are constructed on strictly philosophical principles. We understand in part the things of earth. When we see the things as God sees them, we shall then understand the philosophy of the heavens. The mysteries of eternity will be unfolded, and the operations of mind, matter, spirit, purpose, and designs, cause and effect, and all the stupendous operations of God will be developed, and will, and they will be found to accord within the strictest principles of philosophy, even the philosophy of the heavens. That's John Taylor, Journal of Discourses, Volume 10, page 119, I'm sorry, 117 and 118. John Taylor also states, the only reason why we do not comprehend many things that are revealed in former times is because we are not acquainted with the philosophy of the heavens, nor the laws that govern the intelligences in the eternal worlds. The philosophy of man and of earth and the things which which we are surrounded is deep. It is obtruse. It is difficult to comprehend even by the most enlightened mind and the most comprehensive and enlarged intellect. One great reason... Why men have stumbled so frequently in many of their researches after philosophical truth is that they have sought them with their own wisdom and glorified in their own intelligence and have not sought unto God for the wisdom that fills and governs the universe and and regulates all things. Journal of Discourses Volume 11, page 74. We're at 81% now. We believe that is... This is John Taylor. We believe that it is necessary for man to be placed in communion with God, that he should have re- revelation from him, and that unless he is placed under the influence of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he can know nothing about the things of God. He cannot understand certain things without the Spirit of God and, then, and that necessarily introduces the principle I before referred to the necessity of revelation not revelation in former times but present and immediate revelation which shall lead and guide those who possess it in all the paths of life here and to eternal life hereafter If I can not have a religion that will lead me unto God and place me in raptor raptor with him and unfold to my mind the principles of immortality and eternal life, I want nothing to do with it. And that was John Taylor, Journal of Discourses, volume 16, page 371. We're at 84% now, and this is Wilfred Woodruff. Well, you say, the president of the church should give revelation. Yes, it is true. The president holds the keys of revelation to the Latter-day Saints. But is he alone to give revelation? No, verily no. There is not an apostle in this church. There is not an elder in this church that stands up in this congregation to teach the people, but should be full of revelation. So he's saying the president of the church, the apostles of the church, even the high priests and the elders of the church should be full of revelation. There is where you, your revelation should come from those who teach you day by day. How many revelations did Brigham Young give that were written to the people? Very few. How many has John Taylor given that were written to the people? Very few. And like you probably wouldn't even know that John Taylor gave revelations because the church hides them. He received several, thus saith the Lord, between 1880 and 1890. And the church just hides them. But here, this quote, you can see that he did give some. How many has Wilfred Woodruff given? Very few, and he actually received one in 1889 and one in 1890. That wasn't it wasn't the uh, that document that that stated the whole tomb to tomb it may concern the manifesto. That's not it. That wasn't a revelation. He never claimed that it was. That was a that was a letter to appease Satan's kingdom. But Wilfred Woodruff received two. Thus saith Lord Revelations, from Jesus Christ Himself. So he talks about, you know, he's received very few, but he did receive two, at least two that I know of. We've had some, though not revealed to the people, perhaps or published, and that comes from Brian Hell's studied collected discourses, Volume Five, Burbank, California, and Woodland Hills, Utah. BHS Publishing, I'm not sure what that is, 1987 to 1982, volume 2, page 29. Anyway, here's George Q. Cannon. The genius of the kingdom which with which we are associated is to disseminate knowledge through all of the ranks of the people and to make every man a prophet and every woman a prophetess that they may understand the plans and purposes of God. Journal of Discourses, Volume 12, page 46. So that's interesting. Another quote by George Q. Cannon. Some men are continually prying into doctrines and trying to reveal mysteries. As President Woodruff referred to this morning about the Godhead and other things, they want to know a great many mysteries. Now, if I will ever do that which lies before us we will grow in knowledge and God will give us revelation upon revelation and nothing will be concealed from us and that comes from Brian Hell's study um, Collected Discourses Volume 5 Burbank, California and Woodland Hills, Utah, BHS Publishing 1987 to 1992 Volume 4 Page 308, Spencer W. Kimball, who was a prophet in the 1970s and early 80s, I believe, he said, Scripture study is commanded. The Lord is not trif- trifling with us when he gives us these things, for unto whom much is given, of him much shall be required. Luke 12, 48 access to these things means responsibility for them we must study the scriptures according to the lord's commandment see uh, third nephi chapter 23 verses 1 through 5. one cannot receive eternal life without becoming a doer of the word see james 1 chapter 1 verse 22 and being valiant in obedience to the lord's commandments And one cannot become a doer of the word without first becoming a hearer. And to become a hearer is not simply to stand idly by and wait for chance bits of information. It is to seek it out and study and pray and comprehend. The Lord's teachings have always been given to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Their voice is clear and unmistakable and against those who neglect so great an opportunity, the witness is sure. Understanding requires desire and patience. One faith, One's faith cannot be strengthened by a program involving several elements. By the reading of the scriptures with a happy frame of mind and a desire to absorb additional truth, this reading needs to be done with a constructive attitude a reaching for truth and a ready acceptance of it As one reads something which does not for the moment seem to have meaning he can put them he can put that item on the shelf and move forward with the with the reading In most instances, the additional information gained and faith developed seems to provide the background so that the un-understandable item falls naturally into place. If anything seems to counter previous concepts, one can read and study and ponder and pray and wait and usually a clarification comes. So that's Spencer W. Kimball teaching's of Spencer W. Kimball edited by Edward L. Kimball Salt Lake City Bookcraft 1982 pages 127 through 136 and then Truman Manson which is one of my favorite scholars in fact I was speaking with him one time telling him about how I was an over the road truck driver and how like I spent my time studying scriptures and all of that and he's like oh that would be great I would love to do that um And he's passed away now, same as all the rest of these people have passed away, but I actually did get to meet him a couple of times at different firesides. Anyway, but Truman G. Manson, who was my favorite, um, oral tradition attributes another wise maxim to the prophet. Don't climb to the extreme branches of the tree, for there is danger of falling. Cling close to the trunk. One translation, avoid the vain mysteries and discussions of them. Avoid imaginative speculation. It's kind of like what I was saying before. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things that we can know, but there's a lot of things that aren't necessary to know. Like, we'll be revealed a lot of things, but, like, who the fallen archangels are? Like, eh, I don't know. Anyway... Or or who Bigfoot is, or whatever the the speculative thing is. If it doesn't have to do with Zion's redemption, I'm really not interested in it. Anyway, but continuing on with Truman G. Madsen. But Joseph Smith, one must quickly add, made a distinction between the mysteries of godliness, that is, the deeper things that can only be known by revelation to the soul on on the how of living godly life, and speculative pursuit of matters that are without profit to the soul I advise all to go on to perfection he said and deeper and search deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness the vain mysteries are those of which we know nothing we know nothing and need not know anything whether, for example, the pearly gates, swing or roll, or what is the ultimate destiny of the sons of perdition, cling close to the trunk. Truman G. Manson, and that was part of his Joseph Smith, the Prophet lectures, page 104, and that was uh, published in 1989. So anyway, the next chapter that we'll come to is called Chapter 3, Prayer the key to greater knowledge. Thank you for listening.